Coffee Break Collection 16 Crime. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. Aeneas O'Hagan, The Irish Outlaw, by S.W. From the Dublin Penny Journal, Volume 4, May 7, 1836. Mr. Editor, since you are raking up so much antiquated information respecting Ireland in the olden time, I presume the following will be both acceptable to you and interesting to your readers. In making out the following sketch, I am assisted by innumerable traditions, together with some printed documents, all which agree in the main particulars, and this leads me to think that there is credibility to be attached to the whole. Know, then, that the parents of Nias O'Hagan, commonly pronounced Nias O'Hagan, lived about the close of the 17th century at a place named Skerry, a short distance to the north of Slemish Mountain in the county of Antrim. They had four sons, Shane Oge, Aeneas, Dennis, the name of the other is forgotten. It appears that the mother was unable to nurse any of them, and that a nurse was provided for that purpose and whether or not anything of the disposition of the foster-mother was imbibed into the children with her milk, one strange fact is that her own son and the four O'Hagans were all hanged. The parents had a practice of setting the barn doors open, and, each with a stick, stood inside one of the doors and thrashed on the floor. They then caused their sons to run in at the one door and out at the other, and he that was nimblest got fewest strokes. This was for the purpose of training them to activity. It appears that the mother was of a more daring spirit than the father, and that she sometimes reproached her sons for their lack of courage, and incited them to acts which, but for her, they might never have attempted. When the three eldest came to be men, they betook themselves to a life of robbery, and committed great depredations in the northern parts of the county of Antrim, and had caves in several places where they concealed themselves some of which are yet shown about Ballybully Mountain and Glenwary, and are called O'Hagan's Caves. They also had a place of concealment at a place called Archie's Bushes on the Knockock Mountain near Carrickfergus. When they were near this latter place, they found asylum in the house of a widow of a degraded Presbyterian minister named Gideon Jacques, and sometimes in the house of a James McKinstry. The youngest brother had not at this time joined them, but his mother began to upbraid him for not making common cause with his brothers and living like a gentleman. He hereupon betook himself to the residence of his brothers, by whom he was joyfully received. The first robbery which they committed after this turned out badly for the young recruit, for he clothed himself with the apparel of the man they had robbed, which, being identified, he was apprehended, tried, and executed, while his brothers were lying in view of the melancholy scene. Shane Ogay was next apprehended and executed. It appears that McKinstry, the former friend of the gang, betrayed him. Nias was with him when he was captured, but made his escape. A number of country people attempted to surround him, but they dreaded the true leveling of his gun, so that none of them durst appear in his path. However, one young man ventured to look from behind a tree, when immediately a bullet from the robber's gun took away one side of the brim of his hat and part of his ear. Aeneas, having reloaded his gun, effected his retreat. He had now to change his abode to Cullen Mountain, where he plundered the farmers at a fearful rate. 
at last his retreat at this place was also discovered and the peasantry sallied forth in a body to apprehend him Nias, perceiving their approach thought proper to consult his safety by flight but a man named gillinen being mounted on a fleet mare soon overtook him o'hagan supplicated him for mercy as he had never injured him or his family his boon was granted either through dread of the robber should he escape or from motives of humanity he ran his mare into a bog and thus suffered him to escape he being very swift soon left his pursuers and continued his flight till he arrived at lord antrim's deer park the wall of which he leapt but in doing so he broke one of his legs however he was successful this time also in baffling his pursuers it appears that after this he changed the seat of his operations to the belfast mountains where his name and exploits caused universal alarm and though his brothers were all at this time dead yet he was not without companions as we find him and his gang on one sabbath evening coming to the house of a man named gilmore near the village of Roughfort, with an intention of robbing o'hagan left the others at some distance and went forward to reconnoitre the old man and his family were singing psalms this struck such a terror on the robber's mind that when he returned to his companions he told them that they would do nothing that night as gilmore was better employed than they were and if they robbed him they could never prosper afterwards at one time before the lamas fair of belfast he prepared a great quantity of ropes and when the people about bellina bernice and in the neighbourhood of temple patrick were on their way to the fair he and an accomplice waylaid them on the mountain robbed them and bound them and so effectually did he scour the hills that day and detained all whom he saw that not one escaped to give information when it came near night he left them and some one coming forward unbound one the two then unbound two more and so on the small glen where he had them all lying is to this day called o'hagan's howe there was an old man named allison who lived in the vicinity of squire's hill with whom it appears that o'hagan was very intimate it is also said that he paid o'hagan some kind of blackmail that he might not disturb him he also left his barn door unlocked that o'hagan when he pleased might get a free night's lodging and sometimes he left a cheese or other provisions for his acceptance on the other hand these acts of kindness were not overlooked by the robber for if at any time he knew of allison being in straits for money he would have tied up a few guineas and hung them at the handle of his door during the night he appeared very seldom to allison and when they did meet o'hagan told him that if ever he saw him about his house he must not look which way he went as their correspondence must cease for he did not wish any person to be acquainted with more than one of his haunts after the lapse of upwards of a century it is not to be expected that all the exploits of this man can be enumerated however it appears that his robberies were so numerous that the greatest part of the county of antrim got alarmed and in a short time he was outlawed and a reward offered for his head whether dead or alive and parties of military were sometimes sent in pursuit of him at one time when he was on some excursion to his native place some dragoons being informed of it set out in pursuit of him he immediately betook himself to flight and being by nature very fleet and knowing the country better than they he kept before them till he passed devis mountain and when he came to the river lagan which divides the counties of down and antrim he fairly jumped over it an old man who was ploughing on the opposite side 
told him that he had lived there during a long life and that he had never seen the like done before that may be said o'hagan but perhaps you never saw one trying it before who had twenty long miles of a race to it the country was now getting too hot for him and he enlisted under a fictitious name being now missed from his old haunts much conjecture was afloat what could have become of o'hagan however one day while his regiment was in england the men were diverting themselves by jumping and one set up two horses with a man on each and jumped over them o'hagan then set up three and jumped over them with the same ease but unfortunately for him one of the dragoons who had given him the long chase in ireland was present and immediately called out that he had never seen any one who could do the like but neas o'hagan on hearing his former name mentioned o'hagan's countenance fell and he was immediately suspected taken up and examined and so minutely had he been described in the proclamations in ireland that a flesh mark on some part of his body proved him to be the same man he was hereupon transmitted to carrick fergus and charges brought against him which caused him to be sentenced to death on the day of his execution while walking from the prison to the gallows a distance of a mile he told an acquaintance on what part of the belfast mountains his money was concealed a man named johnson overheard his discourse and knowing the place immediately galloped off without waiting for the execution and so great was his haste that his horse broke down and died near the cave hill however he arrived at the place on foot and just as he had possessed himself of the booty o'hagan's friend appeared though too late the tradition states that there was the full of a boot of guineas another report states that it was a servant of lord antrim's who identified o'hagan in england it is also stated that mr johnson paid him a yearly contribution while he haunted the belfast mountains and that he paid him a visit when he was going to be executed and that he told himself and none else where his money lay but the difference between the two relations is by no means important the place where the money was found is shown to this day it is a cairn of stones on the roadside from temple patrick to belfast in the townland of ballytuag and parish of temple patrick at the spot formerly grew a thorn called the hanging thorn from someone committing suicide on it according to the record book of carrick fergus it was in the year seventeen twenty that neas o'hagan was apprehended the bolts that were purposely forged for him are yet in carrick fergus jail as the o'hagans were severally executed their heads were placed on spikes on the top of the courthouse shortly after the head of shane oge was stuck up an eagle tore out his eyes and in about two years afterwards a wren hatched a brood of young in the interior of his skull after these heads had remained on the spikes for a number of years they were blown down the chimney of a neighboring schoolroom the master of which kept them carefully to frighten those of his pupils who were inattentive there were several other vague traditions extant respecting this race of freebooters but i have suppressed them as i do not wish to make statements which i do not believe to be true s w shanes hill near temple patrick end of neas o'hagan the Irish Outlaw. Recording by Colleen McMahon.